We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Happy Friday to all of you. Welcome back to the podcast. It probably downloaded just when it should have, which is good. I, I, your phone has oh, probably already yes. got it right when right. you expect it. Happy Friday. I am going to let you know tomorrow, that is Saturday, on the Motor Trend channel, we have episode three of the brand new stuff of season four. Yep. And this is a cheap cars episode. Cars on either side of about 10 grand. We picked three very different ones. It's a really varied discussion as a result. I'm excited to share it. Yeah, this is cool because we talk about these so often and we, we're trying to get, you know, not the five grand car, but we're trying to get something reasonable for a great price. And what do we go get? So we found some cool cars that are right about ten grand, and these we are, drove them like we normally do. Yeah, and it's focused cool. sports cars, too. It's rear-wheel drive, two-seat. Let's go buy a sports car, which is a fun little piece that we're, we're talking about. Plus, it was a middle-of-the-summer piece, and it is the middle of the winter here right now, <laughs> opposite, big time. Yeah. So when, I, when I was cutting that, I kept being like, oh, I want to drive that road. I actually started <laughs> the Lotus the other day and pulled it out on Did the you? drive far enough that it wasn't smoking up my garage with exhaust fumes and, and just enough that the tires were like, nope, can't go any further. <laughs> so I did that for five or ten minutes and then pulled it back in the garage. And moved it not back on the flat spots that were there, right? Theoretically. You moved the tires just Theoretically enough. But I okay. don't know. We'll see. I don't have tire cradles. Maybe I'm missing out. Probably am. <laughs> Heated tire cradles, my oh, friend. I, I, I heard. I heard. There's, there's apparently there's Gently a missing, warming. missing market. It's like a crock pot for your oh, tires. That's all just, You bad. just turn the dial up and you just gently it's warm bad. during the winter. Because it is winter. Massive thanks to our TV sponsors. We could not do the season without no, them. No, definitely not. It is Covercraft, our title sponsor, and Griot's Garage. And guys, every day is the code for both companies, and they'll give you 10% off. Absolutely. You can get all kinds of stuff at Covercraft. Actually, we may have a guest from Covercraft on a little bit to talk about uh, Covercraft and just be on the podcast, which we're looking forward to. Plus, yeah, we're, excited. we're talking about doing giveaways for both from both Griot's products and uh, the Covercraft folks are very excited about a giveaway of some product from them as well. So stand by for that. We also are discussing, and I'm, and I'm throwing it out at you, we're discussing this. What do you guys think? Anybody interested in an American original poster? We're thinking about making that yes. a product that's available. We yes. might even make signed ones available. Obviously, the signed ones will probably be they'll be more expensive than the other ones. But we're looking into having those available. I actually got this week. I just now thought of this. I got an American Original T-shirt off of our oh, store. Oh, it came. And oh, it good. looks great. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I have to say that as somebody that just got it in the mail was like, that actually looks really cool. What you, color did you end up getting? I got a white one. I haven't had a okay. white T-shirt in forever, and I wanted to get white with those nice silhouettes yeah. on it, but you can get in a lot, cool. of, a lot of colors, which is very cool. Okay, good. Remember, our store, on our on our website, everydaydriver.com, you hit the store tab. That go, That's an interesting kind of dual purpose thing because it goes to Amazon and has all of our stuff that's available, shirts, mm-hmm. uh, TV seasons, movies, etc. Then it also goes further into stuff we recommend or use that's not obviously our stuff, but cameras and movies right. and all kinds of stuff right. that we've talked about on the podcast. So if you're curious about anything we've talked about on the podcast or you want to get any of our merchandise, uh, we've got uh, shirts from all the movies up there now, which is very cool. Well, speaking of all the movies, we do have Pilgrimage and Mid-Engines and Mountains available on Amazon Prime. So that's that is true. free. True. I never know how to t- quite discuss and describe uh, Amazon Prime. It's Prime it's on Amazon free. Prime. It's free on Prime. That's the Even best way I know Amazon to talk about Prime it. itself is not free, but it's yeah, free. On, uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You see the confusion. I, I do. It's I do. like all the 911s are turbocharged so the turbo is the turbo but the base car is the turbo uh, exactly it's kind of like that <laughs> and now you there's see 25 what I mean. of them so now we're really confused <laughs> right. yeah right so both of these films and by the way a lot of you have asked for both of these on blu-ray again we are working our way towards that 
thank you guys for consuming. And yeah, if you haven't seen both of these films, these are a bit more adventure related yeah, and yeah, yeah. kind of different than the generations of cars. For sure. A little bit different. Sure. But uh, yeah, the pilgrimage film was the one that kind of kicked off the pilgrimage trip. It did, for and sure. And we are in planning stages for the pilgrimage trip this year in 2019. Yes. So. Yes. Please listen, watch carefully. I, We're planning it now. We are we'll planning make an announcement it. We, soon. We haven't. Here's the thing. I'll actually give you some details. I'll tease you with details. We <laughs> haven't launched the sign-up page, but for those of you that are curious, we know that sometimes you guys are not right on top of the podcast on release. So if you're a little ways behind, right, I want right. you to know this. In March, it will launch for, uh, for people to sign up. The dates are essentially the last couple days of September through the first couple days of October are the dates of the trip this year. Mm-hmm, We're mm-hmm. taking it back to the system that worked in the two years that we went prior where it is totally tracked focused. It'll be a day on the ring, a road tour day, and a day driving spa. This is all inclusive. Hotels, food, gas, instructors. You you pay for nothing once you get to Frankfurt. It's also going to be maybe because here's the crazy thing. The euro to dollar conversion right now is working a little bit more in our favor than it has in years past. Yeah, so, true. So don't don't quote me. I'm not going to give a no, number. No price No yet. numbers no yet. No price. But we think yeah. it may be one of the cheaper years we've offered it. There, there might be a um – a lower price this year, which it's, it's we're looking, hoping is it's compelling. Looking exciting. So yeah. we're still putting pieces together. I can't give you any more details than that right now, but but those dates are serious. Those dates are very well, serious. Well, yeah, that's because so those are already locked in that, for the for track sure, rental. For sure. they've, so they've got them locked. Pilgrimage film, if you want to know what we do when we take the trip, <laughs> well, watch the film. Yeah, exactly. That's what we do. Exactly, yeah. Go watch it. You don't have to rent it. You can just watch it right there on Prime. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're working our way back towards the Blu-rays for those, but right now it's digital consumption. We've got a couple of pretty interesting car debates here. Pretty cool. We've got Tom on Guam. Yeah. And I say on because, you know, he's not in Guam. He's on Guam. He's on Guam. He's, he's so. in the Navy. He's stationed on Guam. He'll be leaving the Navy and headed back to the Pacific Northwest. And there's a car conundrum for Tom. So we're looking forward to that one. Also, after the break, we will have another car debate. That one will be for Mitch, writing to us from Kansas City, Missouri. He has a question about crossovers. And while he's there, maybe a car for him. Yeah, my aunt lives in Kansas City, actually. So I've got... Uh, All my extended families from that area. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sure. All right. Uh, well, Tom, thanks for writing to us. He is, as Todd said, active duty. He's going to be retiring here. So he's looking for post-military career. Mm-hmm. And the cars that he describes, he's pretty much got the garage dialed right now. He does. He does. But he's on Guam. Mm-hmm. All right. So the little bit of the backstory is that they don't know where life is going to take them yet. And by they, that is he and his wife and their two cats, mm-hmm. not sure where they're going to be going. And they want to celebrate his retirement by replacing all the cars. He's not quite 100% sold on this idea, but he's sort of warming slowly, I think. Certainly, we're going to trade out a large majority of the garage. Something will happen. All right, they're in their 40s. They enjoy driving manual, and they're both very short at 5.4 and 5.5. So the cats go on the trips with them, but again, they're not sure where they're going to be, so Mm -hmm. that might change. But this is a, you know, let's get a sense of starting to, you know, fit their needs Mm -hmm. for something fun, something utility. But you've got to hear their garage, and then, of yeah. course, we've got to break this up into a no more than $50,000 price cap on the budget. And here's the other things that are interesting. When they went to Guam – now, by the way, Guam – the subtitle of Guam should be Near Nothing, just so you know. It's Near Nothing. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. so when, when he moved there and, – and he's, he's a submarine mariner. Okay, mm-hmm. he's he's on submarines for the U.S. Navy. Yeah. So I, I hate to say it this way, but I'm going to go ahead and say it, Tom. It's a good thing you're short. 
<laughs> I have been on submarines, and the thing I think every single time I've climbed onto one is I would hit my head all the time. Constantly, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so so he, he will be getting out of the Navy. They're thinking that they will first get back to the mainland, the Pacific Northwest. But when they went to Guam, the Navy will, will ship a car to Guam. And then you which can pay cool. to ship another one, which they did, and we'll get to that part of the story. Right. When they're leaving, the Navy will ship one back, but just one. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have three. Kind of complicates so things. that makes it interesting. All right. So the requirements here for Tom and his wife, these cars must work. Bottom line, they've mm-hmm. got to be reliable. Yep. Okay. Along with that, they've got to be economical to own, maintain, and operate with decently priced consumables. Mm-hmm. Okay. It kind of depends on how you're going to drive the fun car. And he does drive the, uh, the fun car a lot right he now. He does, for sure. All right, so these cars have to be engaging to drive, tactile and visceral. Interesting. Yeah. And no less than half of these cars. (laughs) These equations that he's got here. (laughs) Follow along. It's close to math. We're talking about a three-car garage. It's going to get into math. Be careful. Yeah. Yes. All right, so they've got to be legitimate daily drivers, you know, winter tires. They've got to be comfortable for long trips. They've got to be fun. Well, at least half the cars have to be fun for autocrossing track days, canyon roads, that sort of thing. And he said, they've got to be a presentable adult vehicle, sedate, clean, classic, like a good suit and tie, something mm-hmm. invisible to 75 to 90% of people. What if it's 70 por- 74%? I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Only 60% of people find this options car Options are off the table. It's completely out. Completely out. Yeah. But then for the remainder, you know, it turns your head, snaps your neck because you're looking at it and you know what that is. Well, that's us, everybody listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's us enthusiasts yeah, over here. Yeah, for sure. For most people, fine. I but- mean, the, th- the thing you should keep in mind here that simplifies the math here from Tom is that he's talking probably about a three-car garage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Two of those three need to check these boxes that we're listing. So, so like the one that needs to be right. – that, that's the simplest way to look at it. Right. So two of the three you could take autocrossing, but the third one you never would. Two of the three you could take it to a nice dinner, but the third one you never would. So you see what I'm saying? <laughs> this is kind of the equation. Unless you were hungry. Or, they all need to be. All they right. all need to be reliable. But Caveat. you follow what I mean. He he is a guy that likes to drive for fun and autocross and back roads and that kind of thing. He's also a guy that likes to take long distance road trips. That's not necessarily the same car. But two of the three need to be able to pull this kind of stuff off. The one that I like is the apocalypse variable. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like. He he would like exactly. one of these cars at least to be able to be you know if if there's a <laughs> he's been living on Guam. They have strange weather every now and then. They uh, do. They, they do. Look out. There's something coming there's that but but what if you know what if there's strange weather what if we need to get away from snow or a storm or you know economic collapse i don't know he he actually puts it in quotes as a prepper vehicle he's kind of teasing (laughs) but the point is a car that could literally go anywhere and he could throw a couple of bikes or a bunch of tires in the back we need some vehicle that does that and they have by the way the three cars they have now do fit these categories. It's just those three cars aren't coming back to the States. Right. Maybe one of them. Maybe. Well, one of them one of them might. And I actually am, and think one of them should because the Navy will ship one. I mean, take advantage of that. Totally. So I, I think one of the three of their current cars, and we need to get into those next, <laughs> does need to come back. And I am, I am certain of which car needs to come back. And then I'm replacing two for you, Tom. All right. Okay. I'm replacing two as well. So the prepper vehicle, yeah. In the event of typhoon, earthquake, volcano, <laughs> tornadoes, war, what was missing on this list was zombies. Yes. That needs to be included. It's the zombie in apocalypse the, car. We, we need to include it's gotta this. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It needs to be defending against that. And we're not talking that it has spikes in the Mad Max kit. We're just saying it's a could-do-anything vehicle. Right. You, yeah. you don't have to go full Mad Max, although that would be cool. It could be fun. That's, what, that, that's the only reason you rally eyes a sports car right there. That's it. Ooh, because it's now, now Mad Max. Case. 
Now that's the case is, that I would line up for it. Does this replace the term Safari Porsche or Safari anything? Is it we're, we're maxing, we're mad maxing yes. the car? You mad max the car out, but but or is that but, a step beyond Safari? It's a step beyond Safari, but but there's a, there's a there's a twist though. Okay. We have to have had some sort of zombie apocalypse prior to you doing that. You did it because you want to drive down the four hundred five on Tuesday when everybody else is commuting. No, get a sports car and let it be a sports car. That doesn't car. count. No, Tuesday on the four hundred five doesn't count. No. Tuesday on the 405 post-zombie apocalypse, it's like 29 days later. Let's take the Safari Eyes Porsche down. Then it's just you. Let's just do it. (laughs) Yes, we got to climb over stuff. It's going to be awesome. That's when those cars count. Okay, got it. All right. So the current garage, here we go. Three cars. 99 Miata, Mm -hmm. manual, white, 172,000 plus miles. Yes. They're the third owners, and they've had it for a couple of years. It's got a bunch of stuff done to it. Full flying Miata suspension, roll bar, Corbo seats and upgraded brakes. Mm-hmm. Now he says this car does not like the rough roads of Guam at all, but it more than makes up for this when he puts the hammer down and he starts to really drive the car on some top, fun roads. Top down hammer down on an, on a yeah. on tropical island. That's pretty cool, I have to admit. They've had this as the daily driver in the Pacific Northwest before they moved it here in Guam mm-hmm. on Guam. Yeah, and it's the daily driver there as well. Thirty five hundred bucks to ship the car from Seattle to Guam. Yeah, they, they said this was a good decision. They paid to ship it there, and they're thrilled they have it. The next car is a uh, this this is their their current uh, apocalypse car, <laughs> the two thousand four Lexus GX four seventy. So it's the big Lexus SUV. So it's take take the Toyota and make it a Lexus, big Lexus SUV. I keep hearing good things about these. People eighty thousand plus miles, uh, multiple owners. It uh, the suspension was replaced. Apparently, it has a stock air, air suspension, which we all know when those go go bad, expensive. <laughs> See the Phaeton or the Audi A8. Anyway, right. uh, but they it's replaced it with the uh, the factory V8 Forerunner suspension, and it's got a bunch of TRD stuff on it. They they discussed it as this is his quotes. This is the Guam bomb car. It it is daily driving during <laughs> any natural disaster. It it is bomb proof. Toyota reliability, it just works. And this is the but, – but at the same time, because it's a Lexus, you hose it off, make it clean, take it to dinner. That's true. It's got the Lexus badge. It counts. Absolutely. Right? It works. So this is the this is the the go when you this is the James Bond tux of the of the group. Right. Where I you may have just killed someone or you may be going to a nice casino. Maybe both in the same possibly, hour. possibly at the same the same scene. Yeah, they're back to back. Yeah, be. exactly. That's that car. This is also described as only having island miles. What are only island miles? Is Apparently, that just stop it, and go, it, or is that just <laughs> volcanic activity constantly? Well, what I think is interesting is they're the third owners, which tells me this car, for whatever reason, started its life on Guam and has stayed I get on that Guam. Idea too. Been made to be the ultimate Guam vehicle. And I think it's one of the ones that stays there because I think they're going to be able to turn this around and sell it instantly. I think it needs to stay. I think that'll sell instantly. Mm -hmm. I mean, who doesn't want a Guam bomb? Mm -hmm. All right. Third car is an 05 Subaru Legacy 2.5 GT wagon. This is the blue one, the unicorn, manual transmission, 136,000 miles. He is the first owner purchased in November of 2004 Many modifications making this good for road courses, mm-hmm. twisty back roads, mm-hmm. but still a good long-range cruise missile, as he yep. describes it. This has been his car since he bought it for his 26th birthday. He's been around all across the continental U.S. It knows autocross track days. It knows the tail of the dragon. It's done Ikea runs, hauled bricks, wood, race car parts, family, friends, compost, and other things, too. I he, he His last sentence here is, this car is tied deeply into my soul. All right, Tom, real quick, <laughs> let's just solve the problem with your car that's coming back. It's this one. 
I'm with you on this. I, I just this is the car that's connected to you. It's the only one you're the first owner of. And this is the, here's the other great thing about this car: when you ship it back, the Navy ships it back for you. You don't have to spend that money. You get to keep it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the other two you can sell pretty quickly. But you aren't as tied to them. Mm-hmm. I yep. think they will sell. This car, I don't think you could ever sell for enough to make you okay that it drove away. And yeah. the other thing is, when you get it back here, remember, you want two-thirds of your garage to be able to autocross and also be able to pick up stuff. This does both. Which frees, That's true. Which That's frees true. me up to give you more options. So you bring this mm. this Legacy GT back. It can be – it's a station wagon. You can throw tires or bikes in if you want to. Or it's the one to do a windy road. You've already set it up for that. It's the one to do an autocross. You've done it before. This is a great all-arounder that has personal connection to you. This car comes back. I'm selling the other two, and I've got options. Interesting. Well, I, I'm with you. The Miata can stay because – who doesn't want a fun little car on Somebody Guam? Somebody will buy a Miata. And sure. who doesn't want a Guam bomb? Absolutely. Those, both, those will sell. Those, those will sell, will for sell. sure. I kind of get the idea that the wagon, the legacy, was shipped mm-hmm. by the Navy, and then they no question. No shipped question. the Miata, yes. bought yes. the Guam bomb there. Yep. Hmm. All right. So I'm with you. I'm selling those two. Bring the legacy back. Yeah, for sure. And... This $50,000 budget, mm-hmm. I've kind of looked at dividing this right in half. We've got the Subaru that's mm-hmm. you know intact. We've got it coming back. And it's solving all kinds of problems, too, it which is, is great. It it's is. Really and cool. for just when you need a car and you get back yeah, on shore on, Here it in is. the U.S., yep, yep. you've got the car to start you know getting your life you know organized mm-hmm. here Completely. as you shop for these two new cars. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about a 2015 M235i okay. with 29,000 miles for 25 grand. Found one in red with a manual transmission. Okay, it's 25 like it. 7. Like it. You could get it for 25 flat. That takes up half your budget right there. All right. I like this car because it's it's a little bit bigger than the Miata. Agreed. It's not a full on race car, but autocrossing track days, mm-hmm. canyon roads, still lovely. Sure, it's sure. a BMW. You could take this to dinner. It's kind mm-hmm. of a little bit nicer. It can mm-hmm. do. A lot of stuff that is your requirements for mm-hmm. long distance cruising. Take it to a great dinner, and you know, go scrub the tires off the autocross or the track. Completely, course. completely. Yeah, I love it. Like this. So that's my first. You know. Okay. And the reason I say this is because he's also got a list of cars that he has had prior. Mm-hmm. And or on driven, this list, or driven for a length of time, driven yeah. for a length of time, or had access to. Yeah. And and on this list is a ninety one BMW three twenty five iX coupe. Yes. That he totaled in an accident, but he had it for a long time. And I thought, all right, you've had BMWs in your life. Mm-hmm. You liked them. Mm-hmm. Let's bring this back in a new, you know, brand new car. Sure, rethink it, yeah. Kind of rekindle that love there. Why not the M235i? Mm-hmm. Found one with low miles. There's others with 50,000 or higher miles, but for right about 25, I think you're safe with this mm-hmm. kind of car. So then I thought, started thinking about, you know, you, you like having the apocalypse prepper vehicle, whatever that is. <laughs> and I, I've i been looking around at pickup trucks, actually. I thought you were going to go Rally 928 there for a second. Sorry, keep going. I want a Rally 928. Rally Eyes 928 with the rack, the extra yeah. tire. I'm aware. I want this car. I just want that Ferrari FF we see in the ski parking lot, just like yes. it is. I'll just take that. I, I that, love that, that you've latched onto FFs. I just... 
I they I, are pretty awesome. Yeah, I FFs have, are cheap, relatively speaking. In Ferrari world, mm-hmm. not to the rest of us, but in no, Ferrari no, in land, for, they're in cheap. In Ferrari spectrum, they are cheap, and so still way above my budget. But I'm still <laughs> sitting there. Uh, what I love is you posted that photo after we talked about it the other yeah. podcast. Well, I saw and this I, resort, and I was like, "There it is." That's I know. What, what you've been and talking I talked about, about the fact that it's always clean, and now you took a photo of it to prove again it's always clean. It, it did have a little bit of windshield wiper juice that was you know it's, strayed off the a pillar. Everybody else parked in the parking lot looks like it's their winter car. This thing pulls in like nothing touches it. It's, it's sorry, I'm off, I'm off in the weeds. But anyway, yeah. We've been talking about Ferrari FFs, by the way, for the last week straight after because Todd's seen of this, this car. Guy <laughs> and his apparently, you know, weather and, and mud-proof car. Yeah, and it's I'd bizarre. seen it. I'd seen it and, you know, the photo you took and then yeah. I didn't see it for myself until the other day there when was. I went skiing. Yeah. And anyway, go on. There he was. All right. I want Porsche to build the Safari 928 like they've rebuilt that nine that 993, that gold mm. one they painted, you know, in addition to the... I want sure. them to do the rebuilt classic, but but Safari eyes, Mad Max eyes, a 928? <laughs> Mad Maxed. It's, it's been Mad it's Maxed. Yeah, All right. Okay. All right. Anyway. So back to pickup trucks. I've yes. been looking around, and I was thinking here about a Raptor. I can see it. Talk about a prepper vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Now, you might think a Raptor cannot be had for $25,000, and you would be wrong, because I found really? a 2010 Raptor Super Cab. Now, it has 120,000 miles, but... Okay. Okay. All right, yeah. 22.9. Really? I am shocked at that. It's 2010. It's in that orange with the yeah. black accents. Yeah, yeah, when they first Pretty dropped cool. them, yeah. 22.9. You know That's they take amazing. 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 120,000 miles on that. It's mostly highway miles, actually, so... Mm, interesting. It looks pristine. But sorry, sorry, side note. Who buys a Raptor to put 120,000 <laughs> highway miles on it? I know. It, it's been gently, slightly used for what the thing can do. Yeah. You've barely scratched the surface anyway, of this thing. Onward. Just put miles on it. All right, so that led me to a more expensive pickup truck that's brand new. Okay. It's the Chevy Colorado ZR2. Mm, all right. This thing yeah, looks yeah, yeah. super cool. The ZR2 actually has increased clearance. It's everything the ZR1 is. And it's... But with one more number. W- one extra number. So therefore, it's better, <laughs> right? The GM nomenclature never ceases to make me laugh. <laughs> the price went up. They're forty-four grand new. Admittedly Ouch, okay. all right, yeah. expensive. Yeah. But these things are cool. And what I like about them is the size. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I like that truck. And it's cool. It's cool looking. Mm -hmm. I think it would do great. Mm -hmm. But I'm a Ford guy, and I admit that. I know you are, yeah. And so I looked at the new Ranger, and when Ford comes to their senses and finally offers the Raptor Ranger in the U.S., that Mm. I think would be worth taking a look at. But brand new, they're going to be expensive. Yeah, for sure. What you can get now is the Ranger Lariat 4x4 at $36,000. Okay. Kind of interesting. I don't think it's quite maybe as bomb-proof as the ZR2, the Colorado you know, it's interesting. Quite a it's lot almost taller. Like a pair, I'm feeling, and, yeah. But you know, I like the size of both of these, and I mm-hmm. really like the new Ranger. I think it's cool looking. Okay. You could go. I thought about the Gladiator. I thought about the Gladiator Rubicon. That's a lot of truck and a lot of expense. It's a it's really high priced right now. I think we're gonna have to wait a few years before all of us can afford the Gladiator uh, Rubicon. I'll be I'll be shocked if you could even touch one of those for a, his full fifty grand. I'll be well, shocked. that's true. You you just get that and be done. Yes, for yeah. sure, for they, sure. I, I, I bet I, you they're very 60 interesting or more. It's very interesting, but I don't think you're going to be able to even touch one for that. Yeah, I just I'm I think I'm wishing along with the rest of you that Ford yeah, yeah. would bring the Raptor Ranger Ranger Raptor back yeah. to the states, yeah. back to North America. I see it, but who knows if they will? Okay, kind of an interesting thing, but I I like what you know what they're doing, what they're thinking, and 
I think either the Chevy or the Ford could be really compelling. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tom, I have options for you. And I, and I want to put you in my headspace real quick and, and, and all of you listening in my headspace. If we're keeping this Subaru Legacy wagon, mm. I'm thinking about the two-thirds rules we've got going on here. That There's solves, a lot of two-thirds rules. That solves two things. That car solves it can autocross or it can carry stuff. It can, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So now that frees me up. The other two cars I'm dealing with, one needs to be able to carry stuff and go out and be nice because mm-hmm. the Legacy can't do that. Mm-hmm. And the other one needs to be fun and can go out and be nice. Okay, are you thinking prepper vehicle, no, prepper be, truck for any of these? Well, no, no, I'm saying. Or is that the legacy? No, 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 the legacy is one, but I got to get okay. one of my, I'm, I'm giving pairs for Tom. Okay, all so right. So one of them can carry stuff. Oh, I see. But also gotcha. go out and be nice, because that's what the Lexus did. Pretty much, Okay, yeah. the other one is fun and can go out and be nice. Okay. And then I've checked all the boxes. Yeah, true. So I've got two options for you. That doesn't mean these this, these are the pairs, but I, I've created two pairs. You can mix and match, but okay. here's what I'm thinking. So remember, we've got that legacy in the garage. Yeah. For option one. A car that is just – if you want to take a cross-country road trip and you want it to be reliable, go get one of these. Lexus IS350 F Sport. Just hmm. go get one. It doesn't have a manual, but neither did your Lexus truck. Keeps them in the Lexus family. Keeps you in the Lexus family. You know like that, that car is going to run. You can clean that car up and go out anywhere. It's, it's going to be wonderfully reliable. If you wanted to drive cross-country in that car, just go do it. How much did you find them for? I'm just you curious. You find them for, for under 30. Yeah. Like – 2014s, yeah. 2015s, yeah, somewhere there was a fairly new yeah, yeah, for sure. miles. Okay. They haven't been around all that long. So the, I mean, yeah, right. the, the gen we, we currently have with the Predator Mall is what I'm talking right. about. And you're so talking that. F-Sport, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you need okay. to get the F-Sport yeah. package. You could yeah, yeah. Do, do 250 F-Sport, it'd be okay, but go ahead and get 350 F-Sport. That's, that's, an, that's a compelling car for what you need. I mean, you even I mentioned like at one point yeah. that you guys actually rented for a, for a long time, you rented the, the new Volvo S90 and drove cross-country in it. So you're not opposed to a car that is just designed to be driven and doesn't have a manual and mm-hmm. is nice to be in. Mm-hmm. So that Lexus does all of those things. So Lexus IS350 F Sport Pack. I like that, it. But then I need a car now that is fun for you, doesn't have to carry a lot of stuff, and yet could still go out at night. Okay. Go buy yourself a vet. Reliable. Interesting. Can you get – here's the thing. Play with money, play, which is what we do on the show anyway. See, see what you can find <laughs> for, for your budget. But could you get an IS350 closer to 20 and spend around 30 and get yourself a C6Z06? Now, the C6Z06 has a surprisingly big hatch in the back. You could also drive that cross-country if you wanted. Okay. But if you want to autocross or just tear through a back road, C6Z06. That's my first pairing. We've got. Think about the garage real quick. We've got your Legacy Wagon. We've got your Lexus IS350 F-Sport. And we've got a Z06 uh, C6 Corvette. I mean, the Corvette can be GT high-speed long-distance car. Of course. It can be, of course, your track car. Yes. You or might you need could to just, safariize that Lexus, Or you though. could just go to dinner, you know? Yeah, true. So anyway, so It'll there's those things. There's those things. Then the second option. Remember, the Legacy's still in the garage now. For your carries everything but can still go out for a nice dinner. First gen Porsche Cayenne GTS, you can even get it in a manual. You're going to have to search hard for that manual, but you can. Yes. The 09 yes. GTS is available out there in a manual. We're talking on the high side, 25 grand. Ooh. This, uh, think hmm. about your Mad Maxed Porsche Cayenne GTS. But you can throw bikes in this or on top of it, tires in the back. It's got a good amount of room. So, Cayenne GTS, reliability wise, I will speak from my own experience. And the people other, otherwise that I know, and even my mechanic, all talk about the fact that this first-gen Cayenne, now late in the run, you want to get the 08s and up, they typically just run. Now, 
the Porsche tax comes in when you have to replace stuff. The stuff is expensive, but by and large, we're doing maintenance replacement, not random things breaking. So first-gen Cayenne GTS is your can go to dinner or can be used as an off-road, oh, my gosh, look what's happening, throw stuff in the back of the car, car. And then I'm having you get into, your, get into a used current-gen Miata, ND Miata used. Spend about twenty grand, get one of those. Okay, all and right. Over time, slowly build a newer version of the flying Miata you've just left in Guam. Okay, so you're saying leftover budget, and, uh, well, and but, start but, to pour money towards that. Just well, kind of even tweak if it how you want. even if you spend your whole fifty grand to get that GTS and the and the ND over the next five ten years, you're a guy that's put, that has kind of tweaked every car you've owned. You can take that ND Miata and turn it into the new flying Miata over the decade to follow. Mm. I actually prefer option two with the GTS. Think about it real quick. The Legacy Wagon, the Cayenne GTS, and the ND Miata in the garage. That checks all the boxes, even though I like the first option as well. Tom, come back to the States. Have some fun. (laughs) You know what? You've got me thinking about this Cayenne S Trans-Siberia model. I thought of that, too. 2010. Thought of that, too. The black one with the orange, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It came in gray with white and black graphics, and then the black one with orange graphics. It has the Cayenne GTS 405 horsepower engine, Mm -hmm. but it also has off-road stuff. Stainless steel skid plates. It's got a lower final drive ratio, and it's got this off-road package, which is the reinforced engine bay guard, reinforced protection for the fuel tank yeah. and the rear differential and a locking rear diff it's like kind of like the built off road yeah. yeah a little bit more so sort yeah. of cayenne they're hard to find but i actually saw one in park city the other day and i went oh I've there's one yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah that's such a different yep. little thing but it's in the same air i actually wondered about that too but i wondered about how hard it'd be to find granted they're the gts with a manual is hard to find too so yeah either way, yeah maybe not the same thing i mean well, it says they were only they only built 600 examples of those for North America. Hmm. So yeah, they're going to be hard to find. But if yeah. you could, yeah, it's very cool, dude. Very cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. Well, thank you for writing. Uh, we've got another debate after the break, and we are going to pause right now. But if you've got your own debate, EverydayDriverTV at gmail dot com or on the website EverydayDriver dot com, you can find us under the About tab on the Contact button right there, and write to us with your own debate. We love hearing from you guys. And uh, yeah, if you're shopping soon, let us know. We'll take a break. We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today. Mitch in Kansas City is writing to us because he's starting a family and he's got a little bit of a budget. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, he's written to us before, a year and a half ago, but we never got to his debate, yeah. as a matter of fact, then. And lots has happened to him, he said, including getting robbed, buying a new house, and paying off all the debt besides the wow. mortgage. Wow. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, his Except wife, for the robbery, but we don't know what that's like. Yes. We, we, the other things are happening. But he's looking at the happy wife, happy life thing, and that's where this exactly. whole uh, car debate comes from. Exactly. Now, she is still driving her 2008 Ford Focus. Mm-hmm. It's coupe. And now is the time to start saving and shopping for her. Now, they, start, they plan on starting a family soon-ish, he said. 
and they'd like a long-term family hauler with decent gas mileage. A Cayenne Trans-Siberia S is for you, my friend. <laughs> Mitch, thanks for writing. Pepper vehicle. You can Cayennes for everybody. Zomb- zombified Cayennes for everybody. Done. The Mad Max Cayenne, and we're out. So That's actually what the podcast is going to be it. about going forward. It's going to be perfect. All right, so she's looking at the brand-new Mazda CX-5 with the turbo. That's a great choice. 2019, he says he refuses to buy a CVT. Good news. That is a six-speed. Mm-hmm. It is. true six automatic. Speed auto. It's yep. not a CVT. Yep. She likes the driving dynamics of the Mazda. So do we, mm-hmm. as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. We've got one of those lined up to do a fast blast, as a matter of fact, the 2019 yep. CX-5. So we'll, Good. we'll review that, and we'll put that on YouTube. For sure, for sure. But he's wondering, what else do we have to go drive, he and his wife? They've driven a 2018 Mazda 3, okay. 2018 CX-5, a 2012 WRX hatch, and interestingly, a GTI is low on her list, even though they've driven it, and they've driven an 86 just for fun. Mm-hmm. Now, she likes the hatches and wagons, but she likes the space of crossovers. I mean, who okay. doesn't? Yeah, that's why they sell. Yeah, She says, she's offended by Hondas and all the others with the angles and shapes styling choices. There's a lot of that going on right now. There's a yeah. lot of crazy lines to nowhere and crazy lines and shapes. And, okay, so we're going to have to do a little bit of subdued styling. Mm-hmm. What we aren't going to do – I'm sorry, we're on a rally kick. <laughs> we're not going to do a rallyized Civic Type R for this family. Oh, man. That's not going to happen. Rallyized CX-5? That might make that styling work, actually. <laughs> Ooh. Jack that thing up two feet, put some knobby tires and rally lights on it, and now it's just so obscene it might work. You, you don't have to do anything to the styling. You can just yeah. leave it as is. You just is. bolt the lights to the hood and go, done. Hmm. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. needs to be all-wheel drive if we're going to do that. Anyway, okay. So they're in Kansas City. He's, uh, he is actually currently driving uh, Kawasaki motorcycles. Here, here. And then he kind of mentions, it's like this little throw, it's like the grenade you throw over your shoulder. By the way, what, if I get out of motorcycles because I'm now a father, what do I get to replace my motorcycles that's in the car world? And just kind of a little grenade he throws out <laughs> yeah, as he goes. Yeah, exactly. So that's in there too. So, okay, Mitch, let's see if we can solve this car or actually kind of SUV hatch problem for your wife. Uh, there's no budget here. But based on what we're talking about, I'm guessing. Oh, he wrote to us. He's uh, oh, oh no, wait, there it is. There it is. Thirty-five. You're right. Sorry, it's although up he's the top. limiting me to thirty. That, mm. Isn't that funny? This is the Paul limiter being used in reverse. Since yes. you always go over the limiter, is actually pushing you further down. Okay, so thirty-five. All right, that actually, I, I can get all, all of this done for thirty-five. Really? That's, yes, I can. Oh. Yes, I can. I can't get the look. The sports cars off. Not happening. I'm going to tell him what I think should happen there. In fact, okay. I'll go there right now. You're getting out of a bike. You're a dad. You want more than two seats. These are the requirements you've given us. Okay. You want something that feels like a bike but is more than two seats. Hmm. That's very difficult. Because if you said feels like a bike, I'd say Honda S2000. That's where my headspace was. But you and- want more than two seats. But you've got SUVs. You've got your wife's SUV that yes. we're going to buy for her. Totally. I mean, I, th- it's a I think her. there's actually only two viable options here, and neither one of them are all correct. But if you're a guy okay. coming out of bikes and you want a car that feels like a bike that has, this is the hardest part, more than two seats, mm-hmm. you've got the 86 platform yeah. or the RX-8. Ooh. One of those two Ooh. gets closest, but neither of them, you really have to go two seats and smaller still. To get even closer to the bike feel. Man, if that RX-8 were still around, if Mazda came out with the RX-9, the next gen, oh. But, I mean, the way that that engine doesn't revs, have to be the, rotary, the, the, the way that, that car feels, that's, it, it's, it's in the ballpark. It's in the ballpark. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, the RX-9 would be. That, 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 that has a longer there. gestation period than the Super, and that's saying something. I know. Yeah. Now, I like your suggestions there. I'm going to focus on the 
the 2008 Ford Focus and replacing that. I agree. I've got I've got a list for that. I'm not going towards the sports car quite yet because he's got Mitch has the 99 Toyota 4 Runner. Mm-hmm. It's not leaving. And she won't drive that in traffic. So he's got that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. theoretically will take the kids. True. Oh, yes. And, yes. you know, as uh, let's take care of her first mm-hmm. and then worry about the sports car later. Yep. That's kind of my thinking right now. Well, it was, it was, a, it was a grenade flying through the it air. Was. I thought I'd lob it back real quick. And it then was. We can move I'm running away. Here, deal with this. All right. So thirty five grand, And I'm really working hard on the angles and shapes comment from your wife. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because Agreed. a lot of that going on right now comes mm-hmm. from the Asian manufacturers. Both Korean and Japanese manufacturers yep. have a lot going on stylistically speaking. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot. Now, Mazda is probably the cleanest of all of them, For I would sure. say. They've For got sure. the most... Yep curated designs, especially the shut lines, mm-hmm. the, the surface integration, how things resolve at the corners. A lot of flow in their, in their design, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I yeah. think they're just doing so well. So it's no wonder you like the CX-5, and I highly recommend this. Mm-hmm. And good news, it's not a CVT, so you could just go get yourself one of those. And brand new, the 2019, sure, spend 35 and be done. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great choice. But you need to look at the Germans. Because of the styling, you don't want craziness. Mm-hmm. And for thirty-five grand, you can get things new enough that you don't have to worry about, oh, it's a high-mileage German car. You know, yeah. Maintenance yeah, is going to be involved. So these three, from all different German manufacturers, you need to take a look at and put them in the driving homework category. Go Great. just you know, think about them. If you come back to the CX-5, wonderful. I agree. There's not, there's not a bad place you. to be at all, for sure. But the first one is the Audi Q5. Okay. 2018 Audi Q5 okay. with the two-liter turbo, 21,000 miles, 35 grand, and I'm going 2018 because it's the refresh of the Q5, which I okay. like. Things okay. are tightened up; they're, they're I see crisp, it. I see it. a little yep. bit crisper to my eye, and, mm-hmm. and better looking. I like this better than the Tiguan. I, I like this Q5. They're tight. They're great. Lots of space in the back. Mm-hmm. They drive well, actually. Then I went to the BMW X2. Okay. For thirty-five grand, you've got your choice of very low miles. You could even get the gold X2 with four thousand miles for thirty-five grand. <laughs> you know the gold, yeah, that, uh, the that crazy gold out? that they did, yeah, for sure. I, I've actually liked the styling. It's not a car for me and my needs, but mm-hmm. I like the styling. Of this, I like the size. It's not the X3. It's not the typical sort of SUV shape mm-hmm. shrunk down. It's its own design, which I really yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Now BMW being the king of the niche vehicles. I, I've seen one so far. Mm-hmm. I don't know who is buying these. <laughs> but they offer them for sale, and there's True. plenty of 2018s out, there. out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, if you want to spice things up and, um, you know, the kids are egging you on to go faster. You know, the, the future kids. The, the future kids. Think of your future kids and how much laughter they will just, get. Keep going. Just think about how much they'll enjoy a GLA 45 AMG. This is one of those times when you and I are aligning a lot. 35 grand. Probably 30. Mm-hmm. And put that five grand towards the sports car fund. For Mitch, yeah, well, you could get an RX eight for th- for five. Yeah, you really could. Well, yeah. Yikes! I mean, well, you could though. I mean, because yeah. Anyway, high strung weird rotor engine that could be perfect and bulletproof forever, or it could be the nightmare. <laughs> blow up tomorrow <laughs> while it burns oil. It'll blow up and still burn oil. I don't know how that does that, but it's going to do both. Either way, e- either direction you go, Mitch. Just focus on let's get her the car first. Oh, I agree with that. You do anything yep. else? Yep. And I like that you're on motorcycles. I like that you're you enjoy them. And yes. Incredible adrenaline rush with any bike, right? But, yeah. you know, it's um, something to think about now that you're dead. You and I aligned a lot on this. Interesting. The, the differences for me are I think you look at the 
X, I'm not sure where your sizing is on BMW. So look at X1 through X3. The one, two, three. <laughs> the one and a half is a good size. Seriously, seriously. Look at the one. And, and here's, if you go a little older in the X1s, you can get them for like 20. Have money left over. Yes, but I was just worried about, oh, BMW, high-strung maintenance. True. I wanted something True. real new. Yeah. And those X2s only have 4,000 miles. Those were like the, the yeah. dealer test vehicle. Totally. They're well, I mean, barely there's, there's 2018 X1s available for your budget. Yeah, I mean, true. they're out there. They're, they've got a few thousand miles on them. Same Which kind are of actually thing. pretty cool as well. Totally. So I, I think, look at that BMW lineup, the X1, 2, 3. I think they are, I think the three might be bigger than you're hoping for. I think that's the upper limit of that range, but they're subdued enough in styling overall that I think that works. So I think that's a viable option. I love the AMG. I think that the AMG GLA, AMG 45 is honestly, I think that's the answer. <laughs> I really do. I think you need to drive this car. For 30. They're awesome. Get they're a 2015. They're great. I, I want one actually for that money. I want one. And then I have a wild card and it's a wild card mainly because I think it's just out. Okay. Now, if you were shopping okay. in a year or two, They'll be used and they'll be down in your budget. But right now, I don't think there's enough of them out there, especially used, to make it happen. And that, because I think the styling is great, it's subdued, it's a small CUV that really should be a hatch. The Jaguar E-Pace oh. is great for you. It's just out of your budget, new. It's just And out. they haven't yeah. existed long enough for there to be used options. If you were telling me a year or two from now you were shopping, I know they'll be out there. Yeah, yeah. But right now, it's going to be, you're probably going to have to bring 40 or so even to find a used one if you can. Talk about so, clean, gorgeous style. Very clean. Though. Very clean, subtle, has a, has a very nice look about it. Yeah. In many ways, it, yeah. it, as weird as it sounds, it's like the classier Mazda design language done little upscale branding. Sure. You know, so yeah. I, I, yeah. that's why I like it, but it's wild card because I think it's out right now. It just depends on how soon are you shopping. I actually like the instrument panel of these. I, I really do. Yeah. We actually just drove that. That's episode six of this yeah, season. It's, it's got the, the, the Volvo XC40 and the E-Pace. It's an interesting discussion for sure. Yeah, coming in a few weeks after this podcast. All right, stuff to think about. You've got, uh, you've got some go driving. Drive, drive some homework. more. Yeah. But yes, get something that your wife loves. I like that she's kind of wanting to walk that line between hatches and, and, and CUVs. Hopefully you can find something that she really likes the styling of. Yeah. And it's also fun to drive. All right, we are jumping to questions. Thank you guys for writing to us with all these great questions. There's one that is a bit more technical that I have dug into with my own research, and Uh-oh. I've got an answer. I've got some things for the audience to think about here. A question from Drew on Facebook asking about 48-volt motor generators on new cars and the proliferation of such. Okay. It ties into a little bit of performance, but interestingly, more and more cars, instead of 12-volt systems only, they're going to have either just a 48-volt system or both. They will share both a 12-volt and a 48-volt system. And the reason is because, essentially, this motor generator is replacing the starter. You know how Mm -hmm. you and I have Mm -hmm. the start-stop feature, and we hunt for the button and immediately break it off with a screwdriver? Yes. Because we don't like it. On every press vehicle on the planet, we try to do that, yes. Now, imagine this, this starter being a 48-volt motor generator that now assists the engine for better mileage, for kind of turning it into a mild hybrid without the expense of doing so for the, the manufacturer. It's kind of like the thinking that brought us the McLaren P1 and the seven uh, seven eighteen Porsche kind of yeah done, kind of done cheaper and simpler. It's it's that kind of that thinking. 
So it's it's sort of like a mild hybrid, like you know, like a parallel works mm-hmm. in in concert with the combustion it's, it's engine. It's like a torque fill starter combo. Right, yeah. right. So it increases the fuel economy. It says in my research, fifteen to twenty percent. Of course, I think it depends on the car and how you drive. But Mostly then. How you drive. Going more into accessories like mechanical or hydraulic power for power steering, power mm-hmm. brakes, all that kind of stuff just to operate the car. But as electrical systems grow and cars do more, now let's talk about supercharging and turbocharging. But electric okay. supercharging and electric yeah, turbocharging sure, sure, sure. to create the boost for that, the instant boost that is required, all those systems require a 48-volt system. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. So that's that's where things are going. So far, Audi, I've seen, is developing one as uh, Delphi is as well. Okay. So to, to be able to have that instant thrust, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. torque that we love from supercharging and turbocharging, yeah, to yeah. do it electrically, you have to have that 48-volt system. Okay. And yeah. then lastly, the Bentega, the Bentley Bentega has an active anti-roll bar that is a 48-volt roll bar. Okay. They've already got this, right. and they're doing All it right. mechanically, or well, electrically instead of mechanically. Hmm. Okay. And it's just for smoother ride, better. That's where your money's going for your $200,000. Ugly SUV. Yes. Anyway, yes, I do. So, yes, it's You spend a lot, but at least it's not attractive. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. I like that. Uh, quick answer to the re- to the question. We are actually recording this on February 14th, Valentine's Day. So the legend continues, asks me, how does my wife feel about us podcasting on Valentine's? <laughs> actually, honestly, my wife and I, two different times today, went, oh, yeah, it is Valentine's, isn't it? And, and here's why I say that. Not because, not because we don't try to do stuff for each other, because we try to go out on dates often, but we decided very early on in our marriage that Valentine's Day was the, was the one night a year that you couldn't get a dinner reservation. I couldn't buy her flowers because they were four times more expensive. And everything you would get for that day was just this ridiculous markup. And we agreed. And actually, kind of, she led the charge on this, too. And I was like, awesome. (laughs) Sweet. We agreed that Valentine's Day was this thing we were going to kind of know that it existed. But we would go out after. We'd wait. Because if you buy roses like a week after Valentine's Day, they're fantastic and cheap. Okay? Yeah. You buy them the day before Valentine's Day, you're going to spend money. So exactly. we just both agreed because we, I mean, we're still not rich by any means, but when we were just married, it was like, that penny matters. So it was like, yeah. no, she, she was like, don't do anything for me on Valentine's. We can't afford it. <laughs> so as a result, we've grown, you know, in our marriage now, and we're at a place where just like, literally this morning, we looked at the other and went, oh yeah, it's Valentine's Day. So it's not really a big deal. Sure, and and sure. she actually kind of, she, of course she did. Thinking about answering this question as I was leaving the podcast, she was like, huh. So we're not doing anything tonight, huh? I was like, really? She <laughs> goes, yeah. She, she goes, yeah, I'm just teasing you. So we're going to go out she this weekend. That. We'll have we'll have a date night. Uh, Hayden BRZ says, and, I, and this could get into a big black hole. I'm going to try to answer quickly. Hayden BRZ says, what methods of weight reduction would we recommend for a streetcar on a budget? Oh. Uh, Hayden, um, I'm going to try to be cautious here. Okay. Weight reduction is hard to do well. And still have a car that is decent to drive on the street. Yeah, yeah. If you have a BRZ, your your name is Hayden BRZ. If you have a BRZ, keep in mind that 2,700 pounds, that is one of the lightest cars on the road already. If it is your daily street car, I really caution you. You can. You can go nuts. But I really caution you on chasing weight reduction for a car you're going to daily drive. Mm-hmm. So that's my big comment here. So uh, be very cautious about what you're doing. 
because what I find is when people go really nuts on weight reduction, the car gets much louder, much more rattly, and they're shocked at, honestly, how little all that stuff they just removed to make the car worse from a daily perspective, how little that actually all weighed. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, your driving enjoyment actually goes down, and it does not outweigh the the weight savings you just gained. If you were doing track car, well, then, yeah, you can pull out all the interior pieces. There's no insulation. But this is your daily. So I'm going to give you a couple of ideas. Take out your spare tire. Yep. You've got AAA or whatever. If 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 what we're talking about, if the opportunity here that what we're chasing is weight reduction, so take out your spare tire, buy yourself a lightweight battery. If you have a car that has electric seats, replace them with seats that are manual seats, Mm -hmm. and buy yourself some lighter rims. Yep. And stop. Agreed. Keep keep the interior. Don't strip out panels yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hate the trade off's <laughs> yeah. not there, man. That's yeah. the thing that I yeah. want to caution you on. So there you go. All right, Charlie K on in NYC on Instagram asked us if everyday driver and the podcast had existed in the nineteen nineties, mm. what do we think would have been that era's greatest hits cars? Like the cars, the eighty six twins of the Miata that he says get mentioned almost every episode. It happens. Al- almost. It happens, yeah. Not every Miata'd still be on the list. Kind of. Yes, it would be actually. I have a tasty list. Oh do you? I didn't I'm pursue excited this. I'm to excited share the for list. your list, yes. Here we go. Mitsubishi Galant VR four. Maybe. Okay. For a fun right. sports sedan with a turbocharger. Right. I see it. I see it. Okay. Now, there's the Mazda RX-7, which has got to be on the list. Yeah, all right. The Mitsubishi 3000 GT VR4. Even though heavy, I wanted to drive this. I still want to drive this car. Yeah. That goes along with the Toyota Supra, the Acura NSX. Well, the Toyota Supra Turbo, certainly, and the Nissan 300ZX. Yeah, I agree with those three, for sure. Subaru Impreza 22B. Very tasty. Okay. Acura NSX. Honda S2000. Mm -hmm. Honda Prelude. Yeah, yeah. Honda CRX. Honda was killing it. They Honda were. was killing it. Yeah. Corvette ZR1 is on the list. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Watch our American original. You'll understand why that's on the list. Oh, man. That's funny. All right. Splinter in my brain. E36 BMW M3. Yeah, I could see it. The BMW Z3. Well, and also, also, if we're doing the, the show in the 90s, you know what's used, a used bargain now, mm. is the first gen M3. Because they haven't spiked well, up in price. Then, then yes, it yeah. was. It if, was actually the E30 mid nineties. Mid nineties, you're buying a late eighties last gen M3. They'd be cheap. That's just, true. Just buy one. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> oh, rewind. Yeah. All right. So BMW Z3, Volkswagen Corrado. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. All right. Volvo 850R sedan and wagon. Sleeper, you're getting, you're getting geeky journalist there, but I totally. Take your point. But All talk right. about a sleeper. We yeah. we've asked for you know cool dad cars, sleeper cars. Yeah. All right. I mentioned the Nissan 300ZX, but what about the Nissan Pulsar GTI R? Really? For for that era? Okay. Not now. Camrys now can bury with most any of these with then, horsepower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're but right. then fun. I mean, we talk about this. Toyota Spider, the MR2 Spider. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that has much power. MR2's got to be on the list, too. Okay. All right. So the Audi TT, certainly late 90s. Yeah. I can't believe that car's been around more than 20 years. It is amazing, yeah. The early 986 Porsche Boxsters. Okay. Early cars. Yeah. And this car that you might not agree with, but it, I, I 
I just had a weird thing for these cars. Mainly it was the name of the car. All right. But I thought they were... This was before I really knew a whole lot about cars, and I I thought it was faster (laughs) and cooler. Caveat, caveat, caveat. I'm just (laughs) caveating. Go on. I'm just... I'm I'm a little embarrassed to admit this. We're all braced. We're all braced for this madness. The Geostorm. (laughs) (laughs) That's... By the way, I knew a guy that had one in L.A. in about 2010. It was... It was horrific. This is a terrible car. It's a terrible. It's 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 People a have owned objectively these. terrible car. They were with made by great Isuzu. gas mileage. But yeah. then I I kind of liked the styling. I kind of liked what it represented <laughs> more than what the car actually did. Next time somebody says, "What's a guilty pleasure car?" You have to list that one again. I'm totally yeah. embarrassed okay. to admit this, That's but I am. Funny. And right. it was then. And Geo doesn't even exist. <laughs> Gosh, weird. Wonder why. <laughs> Can't imagine. Terrible. Terrible. That is funny. Okay, uh, Jay Doherty seven eight seven wrote in on Instagram and said, "Okay, uh, haven't been a rain in SoCal. We're getting a bit of snow here. There haven't been a rain in SoCal. What do you think the best reaction is to hydroplaning? Lift off or power through? Mm. Lift, lift. I, you got to get the weight back down on the pavement. Yeah, you're still managing your tires. Yeah. You got to get the weight onto those tires. The, those tires have started to float. The last thing you because think about it. if your front tires start to float, you put your put your power in it. What are you doing? You're lifting the nose. Yeah, you, yeah. you just you got to lift. You got to get you got to get those tires to. You're sink. lifting the nose and theoretically breaking the rear end loose. Yeah. if it's a rear wheel drive car. Yeah, you, you got you got to get the tires to sink. All right, Waffy.Y asking our personal top three list for modding our car in order of importance aside from tires. Oh, okay. All right. And power is an easy thing to go to, but to be honest, I'd go brakes first. I'd upgrade oh, my okay. brakes, braking right. power, everything having to do with rotors, pads, and lines, and fluid. Yep. I'd tweak the suspension depending on the car if necessary. I'd, you know... Maybe a little bit lower, but maybe a little bit stiffer. You know? Does it need roll bars? Does it need? I see where you're Things like that. Yeah. And the thing you just mentioned, lightweight wheels. Mm-hmm. I'd go as lightweight as I possibly could. Style is very important to me, but as yeah. I'd go yeah, yeah. lightweight. That would transform a car. Then you can think about adding power. I see that. I see that. I like that a lot. Let's see. We've also got uh, Piece of Light Bugs writes in and says we're, he knows we're not really doing as much comparisons for YouTube. This is true, but a lot more YouTube content is coming. Have we thought about doing a comparison of tuned cars mm, from the last yeah. gen versus the current gen stock? And his example, of course, is the tuned E92 versus the current M2. Here's the reason we've never chased tuned cars, especially for YouTube. The problem with tuned cars, well, let me, let me put it another way. The reason we try to, to review all our cars in stock form is because that's the only kind of universal baseline that exists. Right, the manufacturer right. said, this is the way we want the car to go out. Mm-hmm, that right. doesn't mean we don't think, oh, look, the 86 chassis, we talk about ways you can put more power to it. Right. There's the debate about the fact that they built it that way on purpose because the new people are going to tune it. Exactly. Whatever. I was going to But that. you've got to do it stock because that's the way the manufacturer said, and we're done. That <laughs> recipe's finished. <laughs> The problem with a tuned car versus anything is it just opens up the well. If you just tuned it like this, then it would have won. Mm. Just done this instead of that. You guys didn't have the right supercharger brakes. You should have put a racing clutch on it. Or on uh, th- and on there's on. there's no way to get a, a, an agreed upon baseline for comparison with a tuned car, which is the reason we typically haven't done that. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Jesse H. is asking for the best tires for a Texas commuter. I saw this, yeah. He drives 35,000-plus miles a year on his 2017 GTI, bought brand new, mostly highway miles, 90 to 95% in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm -hmm. He wants good summer tires as he's getting ready to replace the 
original tires that came on the car, but he can't have gumballs that just wear out. Yeah. You know, for good price, I'm going to Kumo. I wondered if you would. That's where I would go. I'd get the Kumo. I think it's the Extra series. They've got their high-performance line, and I've run them on multiple cars, and they are excellent summer performance tires that have a good tread wear. Hmm. Watch that tread wear rating. That's the other thing to look for is, is what's the tread wear rating because these ones that are, like you say, the sticky gumball tires, their tread wear rating is like 200 or 240. Get three, four hundred, something like that. And I find the Kumos have got really good, we talked about this before, really good grip and good wear life. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what else you find on here? Uh, Ted the Theologian asked an interesting question. I want to see if I can uh, <laughs> explain this a little better. He's asking about best practices for renting cars in Europe and why were we comfortable taking that uh, Cayenne GTS, now available free on, on pilgrimage. No, when we did the pilgrimage <laughs> film, we had a Cayenne GTS, and we had four guys and a bunch of luggage, and we did it just all out, full blast on the Autobahn, almost 170 miles an hour for a distance and we and all of us drove that car well over 140 over the course of that. He said, how on earth were we comfortable enough taking that car and doing that? First off, you have to understand, Ted, that was a press car. That <laughs> yeah. was not a yeah. car we rented. That was a car out of the press fleet. So since, it, since we were in Germany, home of Porsche, it came out of the Porsche press fleet. They knew we were coming there to shoot a feature film, and this yep. was our car that was going to do everything. We were completely convinced it was checked out all the way to the fact that if you watch the film the valve stems were, were properly set up where the bottom point of the porsche crest was pointing at the valve stems on all four wheels porsche Proper. checked it Proper. we were ready to do the autobahn that's why we did it there are a lot of uh, rental agencies that you've either heard of in the u.s and then there's ones you haven't heard in the u.s that are over there most of them have got their here's our rental car fleet and then by the way here's our fleet that is the high performance stuff mm-hmm. can i tell the rental uh rental counter story from last <laughs> oh, time we were I there. God, Yes. Okay. I have sure. to tell this one story. We, we walked up to Avis, okay, and there was a guy in front of us. This is when we were here, there the last time. And we were picking up a van because we were transporting everybody for the trip. There was a guy in front of us who was having a, I'm not kidding you, an argument with the poor woman behind the counter, okay? And he was having this big argument. And sitting beside him was his parent, uh, grandparent, I'm not sure, but somebody in a wheelchair. Right, okay? right. And they were having a big argument about the fact that he needed an accessible van, whatever it was, for this family member. And it was a non-negotiable issue. And they didn't have the kind of van he needed. And there was this big discussion going on. And she was trying to solve it. And he was getting angry. And we just kind of stood back until this was over. It took a while. Yeah. yeah. Finally got it solved. Fantastic. Great. You got it solved. Everybody seems happy. You and I stepped up to the counter. We're two sentences in. This guy runs back in. Now, keep in mind, <laughs> forgot about all this, this has been a 10-plus-minute argument that has happened because he needs a van, a specific kind of van. Right, right. This same person runs back in and goes, oh, you've got a Porsche 911 out there. Can I have that? <laughs> what, what was the whole thing with the van and the access? And the, if you just want the – and, of course, she told him no. But I just thought, what was this whole argument about? Yeah. Anyway, so the point is, you could go to... And this how was, did your requirements change? It, exactly. Well, did you just get out of the parking lot and now everything you needed for the last 10 minutes was no longer valid? Anyway, the point being, this was Avis, and they had the upper-level stuff and then the normal stuff, and then there's lots of that in general. Hopefully, the rental cars, they know they're going to be on the Autobahn in Germany, and they've prepped them. Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of 911s, question just came in from Aaron R. on Facebook asking if he's crazy. He said... Uh-oh. He turrowed a 2013 911 Carrera S with dual clutch PDK over the weekend and was pretty underwhelmed. 
Okay. He said, maybe this is a case of me hyping the 911 beyond my expectations, but he prefers his 99 Miata. I can see it. He says the I Miata is simply more fun to drive. Now, he's six foot three. He fits in the 911 better, but he prefers driving the Miata because the 911 left him disappointed from a road noise, size, which he says is quite large. It is quite large. And steering feel. Is he crazy or is this the case of never meet your heroes? There's a lot to unpack here. There's we'll do lot. it quickly. Here's the next hour. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised either. Yeah. Yeah. Those 90 on, they're tiny. Mm-hmm. They're very small. Now, will I say it kind of depends on the 911 and it also depends on how you drive it. If you're just cruising in a 911 coming from a 99 Miata, the 911's a boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's big. It's, it's, yeah. it's got a lot of power and it's very comfortable, but it's a large sports car. Mm-hmm. And in comparison to SUVs and that kind of thing, it's small, but those 99 Miatas, this NBs are tiny. Well, keep it, keep this in mind. This is, watch our 50 years of 911. We talk about this in the jump between 997, which is 05 to 2012, and then 2013 is the start of the 991. This is where the increase in size happened with the 911 and yes, the yes. shift over from hydraulic to electric power steering. Yes. So you've jumped from a 99, very small car, and, and the joke's made in the film, but it's out there. The, ni- the 991-911 is as big as the Dodge Viper. Let that roll around in your brain for it's a second. half an inch longer than a Viper. Let that roll around in your brain for a second, because yeah. everybody thinks the Viper's huge. The 991 is a genuinely big sports car. That mean, That's the reason that generation gets usable now back seats for most people. Yep. So you've jumped from a tiny little Miata with hydraulic, good hydraulic steering to the quote-unquote mm-hmm. large 911 now with electronic steering. And you and I have talked at length here about how current Porsches, your GTS is an example, that that electric, I'm going fast feeling is way up there. Yes. The Miata at 20 is like, this feels fun. The Porsche at 20 is bored. It is. The car is so capable mm-hmm. of high speeds mm-hmm. and maneuverability that yep. you're right. It is boring. And to, to the comment about never meet your heroes, no, we suggest go drive because, Aaron, now you know how you yeah. feel about them. I'm glad you did. Totally. Honestly. Now, I don't know how you drove it or if you had you know, a sport mode or anything like that. Mm-hmm. The PDK is brilliant because when you start to push it hard and fast, it knows you. It suddenly knows what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. drive it normally like you would a normal car, it's just an automatic. It feels like yeah. just an automatic. Yeah. It'll it's just, shift. There it is, yeah. It's fine. And the size equation, absolutely. It's, it's like I said, it's enormous compared to that Miata. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all these kinds of things you have to, to keep in, in mind. And the visceral feel of that Miata at slow speeds is just going to come pounding through, whereas mm-hmm. the 911 is waiting for you to get after it. Yeah. But I don't want to take a Miata at 180 on the Autobahn. <laughs> I want to be in the 911. Fair. And I also wonder if he drove the prior gen, the 997, how he would feel. It could, the 2013, 2012, 2013, that was right at the cusp. Right at so the, it was yeah. the early 991. Mm-hmm. PDKs were still great then. But, oh, of course they are. But yeah. yeah, maybe go back. But okay, here's, so here's the next thing to Turo. Okay. And that is a Cayman. Yeah. Kind of be it. come down off the size of the 911. Yeah. yeah different yeah. engine placement. Honestly, it doesn't matter what Cayman you Turo. Just... Go get in the Cayman mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. some ilk and go drive it. Yeah. And I'll be curious to hear what you think. But sure. yes, I, also, it's kind of which 911 did you drive? To I just some degree. sampled some a degree. GT3 Touring, which yeah. really speaks to me. Yeah. Everything is crispy and tight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A Carrera S, going to be fast, powerful, capable, but you've got you've to push hard. And I personally do like exploring those upper limits. And yeah. I want to start to feel and then the speed happens and the car really comes alive and it's 
pulling more out of me as a driver. Sure. I do like that. So that's what appeals to me. But I'm glad you drove it, honestly. And here I am, the small car guy, and I like that car at 50, 60 to feel like, wow. Sure. But, you know, it's everybody's different in that regard. I love that you drove it. I think you should drive some other options for sure. Guys, thank you for your questions. We are thrilled that you're writing to us and uh, really appreciate everything. Honestly, it's you guys that make the podcast happen. So write to us your topic Tuesday if you've got the uh, you know the discussion you'd like to hear us rant about <laughs> and we can for rant. 30 minutes. Yep. Otherwise, send us your car debates and all your social social media questions are great because, uh, yeah, it's topic topical news. Well, it's just stuff where we get to shoot from the hip and we get to answer quickly. It's very fun. Guys, thank you a million. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers.